Here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that Emmanuel Schikaneder, the impresario that commissioned Beethoven to write an opera, was also the man who not only wrote the libretto for Mozart's Die Zauberflöte, but also starred in the original production as Papageno the Birdcatcher? Find out more fun facts in today's episode all about Beethoven's opera, Fidelio. The Metropolitan Opera Guild is dedicated to enriching people's lives through an awareness and deeper appreciation of opera. Our podcast features lectures and events presented by the Guild in support of performances at the Metropolitan Opera. The Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast is funded in part by support from the Stuart J. Pierce Memorial Fund. To learn more, visit metguild.org. Ludwig von Beethoven's only opera, Fidelio, had a long and complicated compositional history. In fact, Beethoven went through three different versions of the opera during his lifetime. No other composition gave him more frustration, so much so that he never attempted to write another opera again. I'm Naomi Baratera, and in today's episode of the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast, lecturer Philip Gainsley examines the themes of freedom and love in Beethoven's only operatic work. As we celebrate Beethoven's 250th birthday, think of what he gave us beginning at, what, about age 13? Nine symphonies, five piano concertos, sonatas, trios, quartets, one violin concerto, and one opera, today's opera, Fidelio. Yes, one opera, one violin concerto, each, to my mind, at the top of the genre. In a span of only ten years, he composed, among others, the Appassionata Sonata Number 23. His fourth piano concerto. His heroic symphony number three. And his violin concerto. All of this on the heels of the 1776 American Revolution and the 1789 French Revolution. And nothing gave him more trouble than his only opera. He was suffering the early stages of hearing loss. His first try was a private performance in 1805, but that went badly and he withdrew it. It included his Leonore Overture No. 2. He then wrote another iteration in 1806 with a Leonore Overture Number three. His Leonore Overture Number one was composed for a Prague performance that never occurred. And finally, following some modifications and an apparent contract dispute, in 1814 the opera premiered with the Fidelio Overture that bore no resemblance to the three Leonore Overtures, or for that matter to any of the music of the opera. There's one important passage from the opera's second act that all three Leonore overtures include. 
in various forms. And we'll talk about that later. But first, let me introduce it to you now in Leonore Overture number three. opera with libretto primarily by Josef von Suttleitner with George Friedrich Kreiska is set in the 18th century near Seville, though the current Met production, including the text, updates it to maybe the early 1950s. The current production premiered on October 13, 2000, and the music for this episode of the Guild's podcast is from the Met's telecast of October 28, 2000 available on DVD and on-demand from the Met's website. Fidelio begins in sunlight and concludes in sunlight, but in between there's unfathomable darkness. The Fidelio Overture profoundly announces itself. Here's the opening statement, played by the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, James Levine conducting. About a third of the way in, listen to how Beethoven intensifies a passage, in particular with the timpani, until it explodes, anticipating the tension we'll hear in the text itself. Hear that timpani? And it builds. Following the Fidelio Overture, the curtain rises, exposing a sharp contrast. To our right, we see a monochromatic population of prisoners languishing in their cells. We don't know their transgressions, or even if there were transgressions. To our left, a colorful exterior of the living quarters of the jailer Rocco and his daughter Marcelina. Almost oblivious to the prisoners in the courtyard adjacent to the cells, Marcelina is being wooed to the point of irritation by Giacchino, the prison's porter, for whom she once had feelings, but no longer. Now she's in love with Fidelio, a young man her father hired, obviously without due diligence. The problem is, this Fidelio is a young man, only in disguise. Fidelio is really Leonora Florestan, the wife of the political prisoner. She's embedded herself in the prison to enable her to free her husband. She adopted the name Fidelio out of a sense of fidelity. The opera doesn't reveal to us the basis of Leonora's firm belief that her husband, gone for at least two years, isn't dead. And I can't overstate the role-playing required of her to maintain her character against great odds. Most notably, Marcelina's infatuation for the character Fidelio, but even more dangerous, Marcelina's father, Rocco the jailer, admires the young man, his efforts as his assistant, and he sees him as his future son-in-law. The opera's first words are Giacchino's to Marcelina, as both, in this production, are tending to the prison's armaments. And note, unlike Beethoven's Leonore Overture, 
The end of Fidelio Overture provides a marvelous segue to the curtain raiser that follows, almost trivial compared to what follows it. When performed in the theater, the applause following the overture denies us that segue. So here is the end of the overture, followed immediately by the light-hearted curtain raiser. This could be Cozy or Marriage of Figaro. And then Chacchino, sung by Matthew Polanzani, as he says to Marcellina, as if she hadn't heard it many times before, Sweetheart, if we're alone, I have something to tell you. So here is the end of the overture. And the curtain goes up, and Giacchino. She dismisses his advances, and he grows more frustrated, causing him to stutter. So it's not just, I've chosen you to be my wife, it's, Ich, ich habe, ich habe zum Weib dich gewählt. I've, I've chosen, I've chosen you to be my wife. Understand? She puts him off. All of this against the backdrop of prisoners reaching for a taste of freedom through the bars of their cells. In the midst of Giacchino's incessant pleas, there's a knock on the door, and one of his responsibilities is to accept deliveries. But listen to how Beethoven knocks on the door. Someone's always knocking, he says, just when things are going so well. While Giacchino answers the door, Marcelina, now ironing the family laundry, admits to herself that she's in love with Fidelio. Marcelina laments, here he comes again, and Beethoven returns to the opening refrain, almost as if it's a symphony's sonata allegro form. Our Marcelina is Jennifer Welch Babich. First, Giacchino, when will you give me your answer? Maybe today? And her answer is quite clear with all the nine, 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 nine. No, 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 no. Another door knocking. As Giacchino leaves again to answer the delivery, Marcellina, converting the ironing board to a kitchen table, welcomes the interruption, acknowledging that indeed she once was fond of Giacchino until Fidelio's arrival. And since then, everything has changed. How happy she would be in her little home with Fidelio. Each morning we'd greet each other lovingly without a care in the world. How naive this image of marital bliss will become in Act Two, when we witness the epitome of a married couple's true devotion. But listen to her. Hope fills my breast, she says, with the sweetest pleasure. And see if you can hear in the strings her beating heart. 
Rocco the jailer returns. He awaits Fidelio to bring back some groceries, the dispatches, and in the original text, chains. Fidelio enters with the dispatches and two bags full of colorful groceries. A little overloaded, Fidelio admits. Rocco admires Fidelio's management of finances and says Fidelio is in store for a special award, implying the hand of his daughter Marcellina. When Fidelio protests, Rocco interrupts, Don't you think I know what's in your heart? And at this point, with the pluck of the low strings, the opera turns dramatically. The frivolity ceases, and things get very serious. It's one thing to have Marcelina gushing over Fidelio. It's quite another for her father to award Fidelio to her. Listen to the pluck of the strings, the viola, the cello, followed by the clarinets and flute. And a quartet in the form of a canon, Marcelina, Leonora, Rocco, and Giacchino continues with each entry with the same melody at eight-bar intervals, accompanied minimally by the orchestra. Our Leonora is Carita Matila, and Rocco is René Pape. Let's begin, though, with Marcelina. Mir ist so wunderbar. It is so strange, she says, or so miraculous. Now, Leonora, I'm in terrible danger. And listen to these flutes. And now, Rocco, my daughter loves him. Giacchino, how could this happen to me? And the quartet concludes. Rocco admits he knows nothing about Fidelio, who he is, where he's from, but he accepts Fidelio as his son-in-law. He claims to see their love, but cautions that love is not all you need. For a happy household, you also need money in your pocket. This is Rocco's gold aria, and at first we might think that the opera 
is taking a musical step backward. In fact, Beethoven cut it in the 1806 version. But this aria fits right where it is. The message purports to reflect Rocco's understanding of money, and the optimistic sound relieves us of the tension of the somber quartet we just heard. And here's the end of the gold aria. Listen for Beethoven's violins, signifying Rocco's gold in his pocket. Das Hear the jingling? Leonora, as Fidelio, says to Rocco, something else is just as precious to me, your trust. You come out of the prison cells out of breath and exhausted. Let me help you. Rocco responds, you know I'm under strict orders, but he relents, but not regarding the prisoner underground. Fidelio asks, he's been in prison there long? For over two years. He must be a dangerous criminal, or he must have dangerous enemies. It amounts to the same thing. He won't last long. And Leonor lets her guard down. Oh, my God. And Marcelina says to Rocco, don't take him down there. And Fidelio says, why not? I have the courage. Listen to Ichhabimut. Ichhabimut. She says it twice. I have the courage. I'll keep a cool head when I go down there. And listen to the winds in the introduction. Rocco says darkly, today I'll get the governor's permission. Uh, in the current translation, it's president, but here the word governor, almost with dread he says it. And the well-meaning Rocco literally joins the couple's hands. But Leonora says to herself, I've already given my hand and sealed the bond of love. But she's got to go through the motions, lest she be discovered. You'll hear the audience chuckle at the end of this trio because Rocco takes out a camera with flashbulb and snaps a photo of the couple. Everyone smiling but Leonora. Here's the end of the trio, each with his or her own thoughts. Marcelina of her love of Fidelio, Leonora of her anguish, and Rocco tying the bonds.
We hear a military march announcing the entrance of Pizarro and his brown-shirted soldiers. Leonora, Marcelina, and Rocco sit at the kitchen table, eating and amazingly oblivious to the soldiers' activity. Pizarro demands the dispatches, which Rocco hands to him, and he recognizes the handwriting of one and opens it. It has been brought to the attention of the minister that in the prisons you supervise, men are being unlawfully detained. Tomorrow, the minister will make a surprise inspection. Be on your guard. Make everything look as good as possible. And he thinks to himself, what if he finds Florestan in chains? He believes he died long ago. There's only one solution. This is Pizarro's revenge by a very convincing Falk Strookman who burns the anonymous letter. Here's Pizarro. This is the crucial moment. I'll have my final revenge. Ha, 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 he says. Welch ein Augenblick. And he says how publicly he cringed and listened to that cringing in the anxious orchestra. And Pizarro says, now it's my turn to slay the character assassin myself. In his dying agony, I'll twist a knife in his wounds. And Beethoven emphasizes each syllable, and I'll shout in his ear, Triumph, 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 desig, desig is mine, victory is mine. Pizarro orders the captain to climb up to the lookout tower facing Seville. Immediately upon seeing the minister's carriage, he must sound the signal with a trumpet call. Do it instantly, or you'll answer with your life. He then summons Rocco to enlist his assistance. Your long service here has hardened you. It's now or never, he tells him, displaying a wad of bills, and will hear him peeling off the bills as a down payment to tempt him. Now, old man, yet, oiter, oiter, it's now or never. You'll be a lucky man and a rich one. Here's the down payment. 
and some more. Rocco asks, what must he do for this sum? Pizarro says, murder. What? Pizarro, you're shaking. What kind of man are you? Best do in mine. We hear the tremolos shaking in the string section of the orchestra. Pizarro says, it's important to the state. And Rocco figures out that it's the scarcely alive prisoner in the dungeon below who is to be killed. Here's the shaking. Finally, Pizarro says he'll do it himself. Rocco need only dig the grave. Rocco says, and, and then? Pizarro, then I'll quietly steal into his cell. One thrust, and he'll be silent. Ein Stoß und er verschummt. Und dann, und dann, dann werde ich selbst vermummt mich in den Kerkerkleinen. Ein Stoß und er verschummt. Vermummt sich ein Betten, betrug er lange Bein. Leonore has overheard Pizarro's plan. Rocco will only dig the Florestan's grave in the abandoned cistern in the dungeon, and Pizarro will do the rest. Now, alone, Leonore calls Pizarro a loathsome criminal, thus beginning one of opera's most difficult arias. Abscheulicher, she says. Listen to the orchestra's nervous, anxious introduction. Who are you? What is your plan in your rage? The call for mercy, the voice of humanity, doesn't move your tiger's heart. And listen to what she says, tiger scene, the tiger's heart, and listen to Beethoven's roar of the tiger when she says it. Then there's a change of mood with the winds. She says, yet for me a rainbow shines above the dark storm. And she remembers her past days with her husband.
three obligato horns, optimism against great odds, all the while arming herself, come, hope, let your star shine upon me, let me succeed even though it seems so hopeless. with the bassoon, she says, shine your star upon me and never let it fade from sight. Here's the bassoon. Beethoven gives us this horn fanfare, much diff more difficult than it sounds. She says, I'm following an inner voice, and I cannot falter. The devotion of true married love gives me strength. Listen for this horn fanfare, and listen to her follow her inner voice. Calling to her husband below, Injustice has bound you in chains, and she opens the trapdoor to the dungeon. In an effort to learn if her husband is in one of the cells, Leonora unilaterally unlocks them. If he's not among the prisoners, then he must be the one in the dungeon. Listen here to the emergence onto the courtyard and to their shading themselves from the sunlight. You can almost hear their eyes adjust to the sunlight.
Oh, what a delight, they say. How wonderful to breathe the open air. Listen to the woodwinds and the reeds. There are two soloists. One says, We trust in God and count on heaven's help. We shall be free. And listen to the winds and reeds behind him. But the second warns, speak softly, spritz Liza. They're listening to us, and they're watching us. Spritz Liza, haltet euch zurück. Wir sind belauscht mit Ohr und Blick. Wir sind belauscht mit Ohr und Blick. Rocco returns from his meeting with Pizarro and gives Fidelio the bad news and the worst news. The bad news, Pizarro has consented to Fidelio's marriage to Marcellina. The worst news, Fidelio may accompany Rocco to the dungeon. Worse, because it is to dig her husband's grave. When will this happen, she says. Today, today, he responds. Listen to Leonor respond to that. Noch heite. Rilko sees how happy he's made Fidelio, who asks him if the prisoner is already dead, or is it Rilko's job to kill him? She asks if it's their job to kill him, and Rocco says, no, 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 we're only to dig the grave. And Leonora dreads, I might be digging my husband's grave. Leonora? Rocco notices that Fidelio is terrified, and Fidelio responds only that he's never done this kind of work before. Rocco says, let's not delay any longer. An angry Pizarro enters emphatically, angry that Rocco has allowed his hired hand Fidelio to free the prisoners. 
Rocco tries to justify Fidelio's actions by saying spring is coming and with the bright, warm sunlight. He sees that that doesn't work, so to the sound of a fantasized fanfare, Today is the king's birthday, he says to Pizarro. Des Konigs Namen fest is heute. Then, as in confidence to him, he says, Death awaits the prisoner. Let the other prisoners wander outside. Here's the fanfare. Now, sadly, the prisoners return to their cells. Farewell, sunlight. Rocco says, my hands are trembling. Pizarro says, pull yourself together. I'm doing the main job myself. And Leonor, I feel for my husband's life, while Marcelina pities the prisoners. The prisoners... the end of the first act in the chorus that was added in 1814. The prisoners returned to their cells with Leonor thinking, can't this criminal be brought to justice? And we hear the descending winds and the tremolos. And Giacchino, still feeling sorry for himself, looks at Pizarro and Rocco with suspicion, and the timpani bring the act to a close. Now the second act. The first scene is the dungeon. It's the epitome of the junction of music and theater. But first, let's compare 
the frivolous opening of Act 1 following its overture with the opening of Act 2. Remember this from Act 1? Now the opening of the second act. The harsh horns depict Floristan's agony. Leonore's husband, Floristan, lies in chains, barely alive. His aria was the result of Beethoven's 18 attempts. Listen to Floristan's first words, here sung by Ben Hepner, with all the strength he can muster. God, he says, what terrifying silence. How dark it is down here. What deathly silence. Then we get to the passage I introduced earlier that's included in all three Leonora overtures. As did Leonora in her Act I area, he recounts the history of the couple. First we'll hear in the orchestra's horns and winds that theme in the springtime of my life in des Lebensfragenhagen, all my happiness vanished. I dare to speak the truth and here I am. delirious. He sees light. Do I feel a soft breeze caress me? And he senses Leonora's presence as we hear this marvelous oboe melody. Leonoren, Leonoren, 
Then, totally spent, he collapses into the chains of oppression. Listen to him as he's totally exhausted, and listen to the sound of those chains. The entrance to the grave is through a cistern, but they need to clear the space of stone. And we have to be quick, Rocco says. The governor of the prison will soon be here. Now Beethoven introduces us to melodrama, where the orchestra punctuates the spoken text. But listen to Leonora say how cold it is down here. Rocco says, maybe he's dead. Dead, Leonora says. But the oboe from Mein Engel Leonora tells us he's not dead, but still in the throes of his vision of Leonora. And Rocco confirms, no, he's only sleeping. Vielleicht ist er tot. Rocco says, get me that pick and the other light. And in that light, he sees her trembling. Rocco, you're trembling. And he looks at her directly. Are you afraid? Leonora says, no, it's, it's just the cold. But listen for the trembling or the cold. It's a variant of mine Engel Leonora from Florestan. Trembling. And again. There's one stubborn boulder that needs to be moved. 
Rocco, a little more. It's not easy. And they break the boulder loose and listen to Beethoven depict the boulder rolling away. Leonora, staring at the covered body, whoever you are, I'm here to save you. It's clear that her loyalty is not just to her husband, but to all who are wrongfully confined. And this tells us as much as anything about Leonora. They now confront Florestan, and he asks, who's running this prison? And when told it's Pizarro, he exclaims, Pizarro? The man whose crimes I exposed, send for Leonor Florestan and tell her I'm lying here in chains. Impossible, Rocco says. I'd be killed, and it would do you no good. Florestan begs for water, and with that, Leonor confirms that the prisoner is indeed her husband. Rocco has given Florestan a bit of water. As a matter of fact, in the original text, it's, it's wine. There's a passage before this trio that sometimes is omitted, but that I think is especially poignant in this story of marital love. Florestan takes a glimpse of Fidelio and asks Rocco, Who is that? Veristas. And Rocco answers, My assistant, and soon my son-in-law. The context offers no reason for the question. But it goes back, doesn't it, to Florestan having that sense of Leonora's presence, as shown in his opening aria. There was something about Fidelio that conjured up thoughts of his angel Leonora. You and I know why, but he doesn't yet. In any event, when Rocco provides water to Florestan, we hear the prisoner's profuse thanks. Now the two are inches apart, with only the cast-iron cover of the cistern separating them. Oh, how she just wants to take his hand. This is more than I can bear, she says. The grave now dug. Rocco climbs the ladder from the dungeon and returns with Pizarro. Pizarro, 
Unlock his chains. He must die. But first the defiant wretch must learn who's about to kill him, who's about to get revenge. Listen for when Pizarro says, It's Pizarro whom you would have overthrown. Tremble before the man you tried to destroy. But then listen for this magnificent saving fanfare to give Florestan strength. I see you in you a murderer. A murderer stands before me. As Pizarro was about to plunge his dagger, Leonora jumps between them. You'll have to stab me first. Now there's dramatic and musical chaos. I swore to kill you, she says, for your murderous crimes. Here's that fanfare. Pizarro threatens to kill them both. A fight ensues. Pizarro tries to push her aside, and Leonora says, You'll have to kill his wife first. Pizarro threatens to kill them both. A fight ensues. Pizarro was stopped only by the call of the trumpet from above, signaling the arrival of the minister, just as he had ordered. Leonora pulls a pistol, and he's forced to drop his weapon. One more move, she says, and you're dead. And the word dead, or tot, coincides with the first note of the trumpet. It can't be any more dramatic. She points her pistol at Pizarro's head, and you'll hear him drop the dagger. Pizarro knows he's doomed. Wife and husband are safe. Then we'll hear Giacchino announce Fernando's arrival, and Rocco is so relieved. We're coming. We're coming right away. Komen augenblicklich. Oh, 
Der Herr Minister! Gelobt sei Gott! Wir kommen! Ja, wir kommen augenblicklich! We've been saved! We've been saved! Ah, ich bin gerettet! We've been saved, say the couple. Some productions of Fidelio include here the dialogue in which Florestan rhetorically asks Leonora, What have you done for me? And Leonora's ironic response, Nish, mein Florestan, nothing, my Florestan, when in fact she's done everything for Florestan. And isn't that what this opera is about? What a faithful wife would do to rescue her husband from unlawful imprisonment. The dialogue is often cut because it can be obscured by applause following the rescue. But everything that occurs in Act I, from the brilliant quartet in canon form as she returns from doing the family grocery shopping, to the return of the prisoners to their cells, from overhearing Pizarro's plan to kill her husband and characterizing him absolisher, to enduring Rocco's placement of her hand in Marcelina's hand, in anticipation of matrimony. All lead to this single moment, the rescue of her husband. Fidelio is a rescue opera, and rescue Leonora did. So let's go back to the 1982 Met broadcast of Fidelio with John Vickers and Ava Martin, Klaus Tenstadt conducting, as Florissant asks Leonora what she had done for him and her loving response. Then starts the brilliant O Namen Loisa Freude. Oh, what indescribable happiness. Was hast du für mich getan? Nichts, mein Florestan! Now let's go back to our production. Husband and wife declare, O Namen, Namen, Loise Freude, inexpressible joy. I will embrace my wife, I will embrace my husband again. After so much sorrow, you are mine once more. Oh, my God. 
as Beethoven instructed, before our eyes, the dungeon becomes a bright public square where prisoners have been freed. And center stage is the marble statue of Pizarro, heroically on horseback, about to be toppled as if to cancel the tyranny of the past. prisoners and those about them. Hail, we welcome this day of deliverance after so many hopeless years. Justice and mercy together at the gate of our living grave. The prisoners and their loved ones search for each other. No more bowing, Fernando proclaims. Rocco comes clean as Pizarro tries to shut him up. Here Fernando says, The king has commanded me to search out all victims of injustice, and I will end the oppression. Our Fernando is Robert Lloyd. Rocco introduces Florestan, who Fernando thought was long dead. Fernando, upon seeing his friend and ally Florestan, bound in chains, gefesset, is this really Florestan? And Leonor and Rocco confirm, yes, this is Florestan. And then Rocco steps forward. Here is the most noble of all wives, he says, and he explains the heroic Leonora. Pizarro calls it all a lie, but in a very clever bit of stage business, Rocco picks up off the floor, left over from scene one, the dagger Pizarro was about to plunge into Florestan. Marcelina grasps what's happening. Her Fidelio, with whom she was genuinely in love, turns out to be Leonora, wife of Florestan. Fernando urges Rocco to strike off Florestan's fetters, but then he says that the pleasure should belong to the courageous Leonora, 
who saved Florestan. And listen at the beginning to the motive of the Gesefelt, the chains, the fettering. she says, and listen to Beethoven's oboes. Marcelina and Rocco, as all kneel, God tests us, but does not desert us. And now prayer turns into jubilation. We hear the prayer, let us join in celebrating the most devoted wife of all. And the opera concludes as all exclaim, praising Leonora's courage, love is stronger than tyranny.
That was lecturer Philip Gainsley discussing Beethoven's powerful entry into the operatic repertoire, his one and only Fidelio. Please make sure to follow the Metropolitan Opera, the Metropolitan Opera Guild, and Opera News on your favorite social media platforms to keep up with all things opera. I'm your host, Naomi Baratera, and thanks for listening.